Welcome everybody to Inspiring African Travel. It's James here. The epic Victoria Falls. The largest waterfalls on the planet. From the Zimbabwe side right across to the Zambian side, the entire falls spans 1,700 meters. Um, that's 5,600 feet for our non-metric listeners. And yeah, that is a lot of foot. To put it all in perspective, the falls drop just over 100 meters from the top to the bottom. It's not the highest falls in the world, but when you consider the might of the Zambezi River, it's one of Africa's biggest rivers, tumbling down these 100 meters, basically what is 1.7 kilometers of waterfalls, really is a sight to behold. The spray, actual spray of the Victoria Falls shoots up into the air um, and you can actually see that mist from about 800 meters away or once again 2,600 feet. So that 800 meters into the air means that you can see the mist from the falls from about 50 kilometers away on a, on a good day. If you're wondering how Victoria Falls pairs up against Niagara, well, Niagara is only half the depth of Victoria Falls. And actually, Vic Falls is also twice as long. So it was actually quite interesting doing the research just to check up on my facts of what is actually considered the largest waterfalls. When it comes to highest, the first one that came to my mind was Venezuela's um, Angel Falls. Well, it's about 900 meters. But actually, and I was vaguely in the back of my mind aware that Tugela Falls, which is in the Drakensberg Mountains, hashtag inspiring African travel, that was our uh, last episode on KZN. We actually spoke about the Drakensberg. The Tugela Falls is technically longer actually than Angel Falls but it's broken down into two segments because it, it it's breaks on a piece of rock on the way down um, but it's actually longer than 900 meters um, the thing is it's I mean I've been up there uh, at the top of Tugela Falls and the river is about one meter wide. You can hop over it. So it doesn't really generate a very impressive waterfall. Whatever it is, I think it's fair to say that Vic Falls is considered the top of the list of waterfalls in the world. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. Um, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Have I sold it to you? I hope so. Um, it really is one of our favorite places in the world. A fellow called David Livingston, um, you may have heard of him. He was a, a Scotsman, an explorer, a missionary. And he was actually the first white person um, or European, uh, as some of the literature says, to discover the falls. As you can expect, David was hugely impressed by what he saw. And the locals actually called the falls Mozi Oatunya, which means the smoke that thunders, which is a pretty badass name if you ask me. While Livingston was there, he decided the falls were so impressive that he would name them after his good queen and from then on they've been known as Victoria Falls around the world. But simply put, Vic Falls, Victoria Falls, Mozio Atunya, this is somewhere you have to see in your life. 
It's a place Stu, Jules and I have been to many times and we, we love it. And not just for the spectacle of the falls themselves, but the whole region around there is just so much fun and got so much to offer. So in this episode, we're going to touch on a few of those things that we think the area has to offer. If you've been before, I'm sure you're going to enjoy reminiscing um, and hopefully we're going to give you some really good tips for your next visit. And if not, we hope we're going to really inspire you to make the most of your visit when you come there one day. To help us get some insider knowledge and local tips, we called up Wild Horizons. They're our favorite company based in Vic Falls. Um, they do transfer logistics. They've got beautiful restaurants, luxury camps, rafting, you name it. And we chat to Jess White, who is their digital marketing manager. Uh, she grew up there. She is insanely passionate about Vic Falls. And yeah, she really adds a lot of value to this episode. Those of you who are super fans of inspiring African travel, remember we also interviewed Barbara Murati Wanra from Wild Horizons in the first season of Women in Travel, um, who is just a remarkable Samaritan and such a legend of a woman. So do dig out that episode uh, in the first series. And we also interviewed Skinner Ndlovo, who is a Wild Horizons uh, Zambezi rafting guide, um, probably one of the best known rafting guides in the area. They've been of great help to us uh, throughout this series and massive uh, massive supporters of inspiring African travel. So thanks, guys. And just one other final point before we get into the chat with Jess. Just to put it out there, as I mentioned, Vic Falls is split between Zambia and Zimbabwe. And we'll speak a little bit later in the podcast about the two different countries and how the experience differs. Um, they're both made up of two large towns. Um, you've got the Victoria Falls town, which is in Zimbabwe. And then in Zambia, you've got the town of Livingston. When it comes to Julia, Stuart and myself, and of course, Jess is from Zimbabwe. Our focus tends to be on the Zimbabwean side. It's an area we're much more familiar with. I mean, I have been several times across to Livingston, but Vic Falls, the town and the Zimbabwe side is a place we're much more familiar with. So that's really the focus of this episode. Both Livingston and Victoria Falls have international airports. You can fly directly from South Africa and various ports in South Africa into either Livingston or Victoria Falls. You can also connect down from Nairobi into Livingston, which really makes combining with East Africa very good. And we've even got direct flights from Frankfurt in Germany now across uh, and down into Victoria Falls, Zimbabwe. So just either, either way, it really is an incredible hub for the whole of Southern Africa. But yeah, both towns are great. Um, we love Vic Falls and certainly something we're gonna focus on on this episode. Strap yourself in and we're gonna chat about the epic Vic Falls. Guys, enjoy it. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you on the other side. In the intro, I tried to paint a little picture of the size and scope of Victoria Falls. First up, chatting to Jess, I just wanted to get her take on Vic Falls themselves, to just, just to describe them to me. 
And if you were to look at the falls from like a bird's eye perspective, you'll see the Batoka Gorge cutting. So there's eight gorges there and all of those actually used to be waterfalls. And so it's just an amazing example of how, you know, the power of this erosive water has carved its way through the landscape. So, I mean, it is it is absolutely just phenomenal. And if you go a little bit upstream from the falls where the Zambezi is falling down into the waterfall, it's a beautiful ecosystem. It's just this network of islands and channels. I think the Zambezi is about two and a half kilometers at that point when it falls down this black basalt rock. And just to see like the water falling down, but then rising up again is incredible. The mist from the falls can be seen, I think, 50 k's away if you're in and um, if you're in Zim and 20 from Zambia. And it is, it's phenomenal. It's clouds on a cloudless day and you're standing in rain and it doesn't, it never comes at you as like a light little trickle or a fine mist. It's there and then suddenly you're getting completely splashed as it kind of erupts from the bottom. Definitely, if you do have the opportunity to see the, the falls from an aerial perspective, it's so worth it because then you can really take in just how, I mean, the imprints of time and nature just carved across the landscape in these jagged gorges. It's, yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. I can't help imagining when I'm there at Vic Falls what it must have been like in the very early days, effectively you know, seeing it for the first time, discovering it. And a lot of people do talk about David Livingston discovering the falls. Obviously, there were local people there for, for thousands of years before that. But I, I wanted to chat to Jess a little bit about that and, you know, tell us a little bit more about the discovery of the falls and how it came to be. Yeah, so I think that is a, that is a misconception. Like, he didn't discover the waterfall. I mean, it, it was well known. I think he heard about it four years before he actually reached the falls. But, you know, the the uh, Toka tribes living in that area already had a name for it, Moziotunya, which means the smoke that thunders. And so when David Livingston arrived and was asking about this waterfall, uh, one of the village chiefs actually said to him, like, does the, the water thunder where you're from? And what does the, you know, smoke sound like? And so I think that's, I love that quote because it, it really does just pay credence to the, like smoke that thunders that is it epitomized and so he definitely he was not the the first person to see the falls he was the first um missionary and explorer first white man to to view the victoria falls you know the fact that he was able to write back and speak about what he had had, had seen really did just open up the whole the whole area you know it's one thing visiting a place and being excited but i asked jess what it's like living there and what what she feels every time she goes to visit the falls. Every time you go, it's that same sense of just being overwhelmed and like it's it's amazing. It's it's humbling, but it's so empowering at the same time. And you do feel like it's yours. You know, you know that everyone around you is having the same. It's having this impact on them, but it feels very personal. Like you had a connection with this place. And I mean, even with David Livingston, everyone remembers the quote, um, seen so lovely must have been gazed upon by angels in their flight. But there were so many other things that he said that I think really do capture it almost better than those words do. Like whiteness that gives the idea of snow that he hadn't seen in many a day. And yeah, like the, the 
bits of um, water shooting down, he described so beautifully as like shards of diamonds and glass tumbling through this black basalt rock. And I think it is a very personal experience. There's no carbon copy of Victoria Falls anywhere in the world because it's not man-made. It is carved by nature. And you feel you feel like it's yours when you step in there. And I've stepped in there many a time and every single time it's that same you almost can't believe what you're looking at. It's like living in a postcard. Yeah, Jess is absolutely right and couldn't have put it more beautifully. They live in a postcard there. And what we chatted about next really struck a chord with me. And I think so much of this is true across Africa. Despite it being the, one of the world's greatest tourist attractions, the Vic Falls are very much undeveloped, if I can say. I often feel that if the Vic Falls was in another country, it would be a completely different and frankly less appealing experience than the way it is that that is now. And 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 that that's basically Africa in a nutshell. You know, the fact that it's so remote means that the destination is much more wild and in, and intact as it should be. And so Jess and I chatted a little bit more about what I felt. Um, your dad the other day said he was walking through there in early morning and saw a leopard. I saw a leopard yeah. stalking a, a bushbuck. Like I was with him and I didn't see a leopard, but he's convinced. <laughs> a bit tired. Maybe my eyes aren't quite as sharp. The man can't find his glasses, but he did spot a leopard. <laughs> no, but he, he did. It was a small little leopard and we were walking. So we'd actually, we'd walk the length of the rainforest and we were on our way back and I'll this is why I always say to anyone going don't ever take the exit you know as after you're done there's all these little exit paths don't take those walk still double back through the rainforest because the light is changing and but I mean it's it's incredible I mean there, there's this waterfall there and then behind you there's this little tangle of trees and bush and whatever and suddenly there's a left I mean that's unheard of what I love is that the health and safety element ha hasn't been adhered to from an international standards perspective, and long may that continue. Um, you've got like those little those cliff edges that, when you get mm. close to the edge, the old acacia thorn bushes that are put there to keep yeah. you away from going into the edge. And then you get to the end, and it's like, well, off you go. If you want to go and stand on the edge, go for it. Big gust of wind looks like it could take some of those acacia thorns down. But I, I think danger zone, they have actually put up a bit of a rail there now, but it's a very like thin steel cord, so it doesn't detract from the view. In the, um, you know, when it when the falls is in full thunderous form, it's hectic out there. I mean, that you're just completely engulfed and it is a bit slippery. Dry season, it seems chilled, but... It, it is just supposed to be unmoved by human hands. Growing up there, I mean, it's home. So I am, I am fairly biased, but I just don't know if there's anywhere else in the world that you're going to find this array of like natural wonder and these adrenaline bucket list activities. And then, you know, a cultural connection that you can do. You can really, it's, it's special in the sense that you can dig beneath the surface of Vic Falls fairly easily. It's, seems like it should be a tourist trap sort of place but you have such an affinity with where you are and it's not necessarily because you've seen a leopard in the rainforest or whatever but because you you make a connection with the people and the place it's a very very welcoming 
environment. It's a very like everyone, it feels like everyone around you feels grateful to be there, even if they live there. It is just, it's a special, it, there's just personality. It's really hard to describe how Victoria Falls has maintained its magic to someone who hasn't been there. You really have to go and see it. I've been lucky enough to visit Niagara Falls and I mean, it's an, an impressive volume of water, but the whole destination has become a bit like Disney. And it's, it's, for me, it's quite sad how you can turn a natural wonder and a nat natural attraction like that into something that feels a little bit fake, not to detract from what an incredible job they've done at, at monetizing that destination and providing entertainment and various attractions within the falls. But Niagara, for me, doesn't have the allure and the charm and that feeling that we will speak about again and again in this episode feeling like you know the way you go through the rainforest and into the mist and in amongst the falls and i think that's what makes vic falls special special and the remoteness its remoteness in africa is 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 basically what we have to thank for that so those eventually who make the effort to come and see it are treated for something really special so now we get a little bit deeper into the, the tips and advice for, for being actually, you know, in the Vic Falls area itself. And I uh, started off by asking her what her favorite time of the day was for, for visiting the falls. My favorite time to view the falls is at sunrise without fail. I think it, there's just a whole new dimension to it when there's these sh like beams of light going through and the whole rainforest is pink and it's, it's absolutely stunning. So that's that's my favorite time to go. Also because it's generally a little bit less busy at sunrise. So it does feel like you have the space more to yourself. Whenever you go, it's going to be amazing throughout the year. I think doing a guided tour is, I highly recommend that because there's so much to the waterfall beyond what you're seeing. You know, you're learning about why um, Devil's Cataract looks the way it is and how much the water is falling there. You learn about the geology, the history, the discovery of the falls. There's more to it than just a beautiful view. Take your time. You know, every, everywhere will say it takes an hour. It does not take an hour. Take your time and don't have anything scheduled for afterwards because if you want to stop and just stare, I mean, number 11, viewpoint number 11 is my favorite. Not because it's the most impressive big stretch of water, but because there's a little rocky outridge that you can look at and you'll see the white mist in this cloud against beautiful blue sky and it's hypnotic you don't you don't want to have to look at your watch once yeah i totally agree with jess uh go with a guide it really adds tremendous value to your experience and what you can take away from seeing these incredible waterfalls and if you can, go for a private guide. Um, it's really not that much more. It's going to add real value to your experience. Now, you'll see loads of ponchos for sale outside of the Vic Falls entrance. Uh, people carry umbrellas. So I just wanted to ask Jess about that as a local. Should you bring one? Don't take the poncho necessarily. Like, get go, wet. And get, go, get wet, go get soaking wet. Like, mm -hmm. don't wear 
layers or long sleeve shirts because you're going to get drenched and it's going to be uncomfortable and you're squelching around leave the poncho go and go and get soaked and you'll dry off as you're walking through to the different points anyway i mean like rain on a cloudless day that's why you're there yeah i agree just get wet get into the thick of it and to be honest most iphones and androids are waterproof these days so just take a cloth or something to keep your your lens dry to wipe it every now and then but obviously if you've got serious camera equipment or anything then take a dry bag or maybe think about one of those ponchos and we went on a bit of a tangent after this while we were chatting and we were speaking about some of the literature uh, that you could read before before coming or some of the documentaries that you could watch and we started speaking about the energy that Vic Falls gives off and she mentioned something that I found really interesting read up on negative ions before you go visit the victoria falls because i think that's it's such a beautiful way to bring you into the moment and make you mindful of what's happening so basically negative ions it just is the the energy created when nature moves so that's why when it's a thunderstorm you feel really good and if you read up on that and actually understand because you're in this rainforest and you think how how am i feeling so lifted and so empowered in this moment and it is just it's the power of nature breaking up and we're surrounded by positive ions all the time from like artificial light and screens and things if you just dig a little bit deeper and truly understand the impact that this waterfall is having on you i listen to a beautiful I'll, I'll have to try and find it i can't remember what it's called now but a negative ion podcast and then i went and walked around the falls and just being mindful about the space that you're in and the the reactions happening within you is is so powerful it, everyone can relate to the feeling of when suddenly there's a storm and you just, just you feel good imagine that but within the waterfall and there's not a cloud in the sky and it just surges through you it's great and it makes you mindful. It's so important to be present when you're walking through that rainforest because if it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for you, you don't want to you don't want to miss out on anything. Now, earlier on in the podcast when we were chatting, we we did disclose that we would definitely be focusing more on the Zimbabwe side of the falls. It's an area we know we're we're much more familiar with it. But if you're doing your research and it's your first time visiting the falls, you'll definitely be stumbling across all sorts of information about the Zambian side or the Zimbabwe side, where you should go, where you shouldn't go. So we just wanted to touch on that and just understand how the Vic Falls are split between the two countries. 75% of the viewpoints where you can see the falls are on the Zimbabwean side. There's 20 viewpoints altogether between both countries and 16 of those are in Zimbabwe. So, you know, already that is, you're, you're going to get a more holistic idea and impression of this waterfall because it's not like you arrive, it's, you know, 1.7 kilometers long. So you don't see it. You walk up to the edge and there it is, that's the waterfall. You are exploring and you're going to these different viewpoints and the Devil's Cataract and Main Falls, you know, they're completely different experiences. And also it depends on what time of the year that, you're visiting. So during the low water season, the Eastern Cataract, which is in the Zambian side, does show a lot more rock face and you're not going to get the thunderous impact. So it's it really is important to like take that into consideration when you're traveling. But that being said, I mean, 
it's so worth doing the Zambian side too because they've got they've, there's aspects there that we don't have like knife edge bridge and you can see straight down to boiling part where the base of the falls is and yeah I, I'm sure you know if, if you google Victoria Falls from Zambia you'll always see knife edge bridge and um, which I think is is a great opportunity in and of itself yep spot on and it's also worth noting that there is now and has been for a while a, a uni visa or as we call it a Kaza visa which is the Kavango and Zambezi area Kaza um, and that'll allow you to hop between the Zim and the Zam side really easily. Basically what the Kaza uni visa does is allow you to get one visa and you can visit both countries multiple times. It's valid for 30 days in a 12-month period, as long as you don't leave Zimbabwe or Zambia. And then you can also enter Botswana for a day trip on the Kaza Uni visa. So $50 last time I looked, $50 for this Kaza Uni visa, you can cross between Zimbabwe and Zambia without having to purchase another one. And then you can also do a day trip to Botswana. So, and they work brilliantly. You buy them at the border, it takes five minutes, and yeah, you can easily hop between. So walking between Zimbabwe and Zambia, you know, Vic Falls and Livingston is easy. And it's cool because you're walking over this 114 year old bridge. And that's again, another perspective of the falls that you get to see, you walk past the bungee jumpers. And so it's, it's so easy. Uh, so I listened to Jess, I kept on thinking about this episode of I can't remember what the program was called, but the comedian Ronish Ranganathan here in the UK, he did a few travel shows and he did one on Zimbabwe. And his host for Zimbabwe, the first thing they did in Vic Falls was go across to the Devil's Pool. So his his comment was very much like, so my, my first visit, my first stop in Zimbabwe is for me to go to Zambia, which... Uh, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I think it's quite poignant because, you know, there's a lot of sort of uh, possession when it comes to Vic Falls, and there's a little bit of gentle, uh, niggly aggro relationship between the two destinations and, you know, what is better. But it, when it comes down to it, uh, it, you really actually need to see both sides, Zimbabwe and the Zambia side. And there are aspects that Zambia have that Zimbabwe don't. And Devil's Pool is definitely one of them. And it is so cool um, to do that. I've never done it, but everyone that's done it is raves about it. And it's basically when you, you uh, step into this uh, pool of water right on top of the falls. Um, it's safe. You can only do it at certain times of the year when the water levels permit. And you can effectively po po poke your head over the edge of the falls. Um, and swim in the water. It's something pretty exciting, makes for an epic Instagram shot, as you can well imagine. And you can also microlight on the Zambian side, which you can't do in Zimbabwe side. So yeah, it's don't think of it as, should I do the Zambian or the Zimbabwe side? Plan your trip as to what you want to do. And both countries will end up ticking those boxes for you. Next up, I wanted to chat about a particular restaurant um, that is located right near the entrance of the falls on the Zimbabwe side called the Lookout Cafe. I'm telling you now that your trip is not complete without a stop off at that Lookout Cafe, even if it's just for a swift beer. It has become 
a landmark, you know, in a town famous for landmarks because it's perched on the rim of the Batoka Gorge, right above rapid number uh, three and four. You've got a view of the bridge there. You can see the mist from the falls curling through the Batoka Gorges. You're on the edge and just having a sundowner or a cocktail or whatever it might be. It definitely, I think, I think you, you can't, you can't miss it. So I think that's something that everybody will want to enjoy. And it also just epitomizes the the essence of Vic Falls because it's the same place as the high wire activities. So you're sitting there having a cocktail and watching people jump off the gorge. You don't have to do it, but it's, you know, you, you're part of it and you're in it. You should see it now. It is phenomenal. I mean, just the protea lights and these beautiful David Ballum portraits, black and white portraits, everything is so bold and dramatic. And it's been designed so well because there's a lower deck now. So it's the main restaurant area. And then there's like this lower deck. You go down these stairs um, and that's where you really get the rumble of this river and the sound. So you never feel like you're on top of anyone else. You're just in this little cradle of adventure, even if you're sitting there having a gin and tonic. For me, it's a, it's a Zambezi beer and a steak uh, you guys do amazing. Um, that look lookout cafe steak steak and chips. But I always ask for an egg, so I have a steak, egg and chips. And your guys, Julie, oblige. Oh, steak, egg and chips. <laughs> it's funny how everyone associates. Like mine is gin tonic and salt and vinegar chips and roasted peanuts <laughs> without fail. That's when I know like the day's over and you're on holiday. So you combine your gin and tonic with salt and vinegar crisps and salted peanuts. And salted peanuts. I go hard on Yeah, sodium all through the roof. Wow. It's hot for the falls. You've got to. That's actually a that's actually a life hack. <laughs> Do you eat the, the salt and vinegar and I can't get my head around this. The salt and vinegar and the peanuts at the same time? I have before. I mean it's an interesting texture combination. I'm not saying I'm a chef, but follow me for more recipes. That's just one little nugget of goodness waiting. Okay. But it's like Salt makes you thirsty, more gin and tonics, better sunset. Okay. And more courage to jump off the gorge more swing. More courage. We've got a cocktail called the Gorge Sling, and it's like a muddle of kiwi, lemon, gin, and whatever. But, you know, where else in the world do you stroll up to the bar and say, can I have a gorge sling? But really you have to enunciate because before you know it, you've got a harness on, and that's just not what you asked for. Mm -hmm. so, like it is, you're just surrounded by all the best things. I love the gorge swing. I have to say, I um, I've done the bungee jumps. I haven't done the bungee jump at um, on the Zambezi Bridge, but um, I've done a bungee before. And the gorge swing for me, you, you shit yourself slightly less than the bungee jump, but it's still a massive free fall, and you can do it in tandem, yeah. which which uh, is so much fun because you get that extra weight, and you scream together. Oh man, I love it. I couldn't believe it when I. You know, the, the fall itself is three seconds. I have lived a lifetime in those three seconds. <laughs> it is, it's so cool. And you know what I love with the gorge swing over bungee is you've got something to hold on to. And that's, you know, it's just, uh, I think in human nature, you just, you want to hold something. It's your rope or it's the friend that you've dragged along with you. And then you do this jump. And the only scary part about it is when you're standing on the edge of the platform and they're saying, go. And you're like, no, you go every cell in your body has been like trained to not do this and you mm. overcome that and fall and it's just the most amazing feeling 
Yeah, the gorge swing is real fun. And yeah, it's one of those deep drop adrenaline experiences that you can actually do in tandem. Um, so I highly recommend that because you're going to get that extra gravity, extra speed. But there's also the tamer but still fun flying fox. Um, there's a zip wire. The flying fox is really cool. You can actually go uh, face first, uh, swinging or, or sliding along a, a cable over the gorge. It's really awesome. Um, but if you're not into all the adrenaline and stuff, uh, it's it's just nice sitting there, listening to the Zambezi and the falls thundering away below you, and just watch uh, watch the world go by and watch those nutters jump off the canyon. Okay, so we chatted about the falls quite a bit and, and what there is to do just, just near the Vic Falls themselves. Um, and yeah, the Lookout Cafe is a must. But Jess and I wanted to talk about some of the other things that you can do during your stay in the area. You know, it sounds like a, a obvious answer, but you've got to do a sunset cruise. If you're right there, you really do need to watch the sun sink into the Zambezi River. And I, I think especially for somewhere like Vic Falls, it has this whole new dimension because you see how the river transforms as it goes along. You, having a sunset cruise, it's this still, peaceful, tranquil body of water. And then it tumbles down into this natural wonder and the smoke that thunders waterfall. And then it's channeled through the gorge in a series of rapids. And I think that it does just add a whole new dimension to it. So you've got to do a sunset cruise. And I also think, you know, the Malachite dinner cruise is such a wonderful way to experience experience that because it's a sunset cruise that doesn't have to end once the sun is set. You know, as soon as the sun is gone, you're back at the jetty kind of shuffling off and you want to just stay in there. So so the dinner cruises, I think, are, are so cool. And like with the Malachite, it's a double-decker boat. So you sit on the top deck and watch the sunset. You've got that amazing vantage point from being a bit higher up um, so, you know, you can see further and you're just a bit elevated. And then once the sun is set, you go downstairs and have dinner. Uh, you hear the hippos and you can't see them. It's a very like ethereal, like at the risk of sounding a bit flaky, but it does all your sentence, uh, senses kind of are, are heightened. And then you don't have to leave the river after the sun is set. Yeah, absolutely. Got to do a sundowner cruise. Um, and yeah, great idea. I have never done it, but spending a night on the river, dining on the Zambezi, wow, that sounds really nice. So I would, I would definitely be well, well up for allocating a night for that. What about different things? I wanted to get Jess's take on one of the tours that I think is really cool, um, and that's definitely getting more popular, and that's the bike tour around the Vic Falls, and I think it's completely underrated. Yeah, um, I would say the bike tour is a really great way to explore the town because, you know, there's more structure to it than just walking and you will, you'll, it's Vic Falls, you're going to stumble across something cool that you want to see, but it's quite nice to have that guided part of it. And it's cool, you slow down and get more into like this natural rhythm of life when, when you're on a bicycle and you find all of these hidden gems. So you'll go around the big tree for example, and stop to try cream of tartar. And then you're riding along Zambezi Drive, you go over the bridge um, and you get, you know, these little spits of water. I thought I was getting pins and needles the first time. And then you realize that actually it's just these little fine spritz of mist. 
right over the bridge. Um, and the guides are, are exceptional. So if you're an experienced group of riders, they'll take you along the rim of the gorge too, which is crazy. I mean, it's scary, but even if you were to fall off, you're not going to go over the gorge. But now you're going through all this different terrain. Or you can go and visit the Creo markets. You can go, yeah, all they know. It's an insider's guide to seeing the town. You don't know what you don't know. Elephants still roam around the town. And I remember well when I was about 10 or 11, my mother and I actually traveled to Vic Falls. We left South Africa because we had just immigrated from Australia. And my father was a little bit worried about security around the, the first elections. And so we went to Vic Falls to leave the country for a while. And uh, while we were there, we got on our bikes and one of the guides actually drove past and said, look, you should be careful. There's, um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a mother elephant and a, and a very young calf and she's a bit agitated. So you should just um, possibly not go down this road or head back. And my mum said, no, nah, don't worry. I've, I'm a seasoned African traveler. We'll be absolutely fine. And when he left, she, she took me to one side and said, um, you know, just if you see, if we see this elephant, just put down your bicycle slowly and calmly and just come over to you, to me, your mother, and I'll make sure that we can navigate our way out of the situation. And sure enough, we came up to the T-junction where you head down to Elephant Hills Hotel. And there she was, this massive matriarch of a elephant cow and her young calf right in front of me and um, ears flapped out and I can't remember exactly what happened. What I do remember is putting my bicycle down extremely slowly and carefully, turning around only to, f <laughs> only to find that my mother hooked a left and cycled up the hill and left me, <laughs> left me presented with this elephant in front of me. Anyway, it was <laughs> funny back now and of course the elephant just uh, walked around me. So it was... Um, um, crisis was averted but uh, certainly a story I enjoy uh, reliving and embarrassing my, my mother with. Anyway we chatted about some of the other hotspots, the brewery, some of the local bands and other hotspots in the Vic Falls area. Yeah the brewery is so cool, very cool and often there'll be live music which is nice like Flying Bantu, a local Zimbabwean band play there fairly often which is always such a good vibe. Three Monkeys is so cool and I think so. Tenth of this month is Luna. It's full moon, and whenever there's a full moon, um, you can do like lunar rainbow tours and full moon dinner at the Lookout Cafe. And so it's always always good to like check out for those sorts of things when you're traveling there. There's amazing cultural connection tours that you can do. You know, again, it's it's about digging beneath the surface of this tourist town and actually forming a connection with people. One of the things Wild Horizons has done and our reservation staff actually pioneered this activity. It's called a home hosted lunch. And basically guests will book a home hosted lunch and we provide the transport and water and soft drinks and things. But then the member of staff who wants to be part of the initiative opens up their home and invites guests inside to share a meal. And you'll, you know, try a home cooked meal that's been traditionally prepared. So it'll be Mapani worms and Sajun Stjebu, learn about the, the, the culture, the traditions, um, preparing food and actually sit and have, have a meal and talk and just ask 
learn, you know, and it, and it, it feeds back, empowers the local community. And it's all about celebrating cultural legacies. You know, we've got we've got our natural legacies front and center, but there's so much of a cultural legacy that lives beyond the waterfall. It's in the township areas. It's in the rural villages where you go visit. And it's wonderful to, to find a way to get all of it, get a little get a little bit of all of it, however you can. And I think it's just important in, in the sense that it's it creates a platform where you can learn, you know, you're not going to some specifically designed put there for tourism sort of experience. It's it's a way to just share and celebrate cultural diversity. And it's it's, you know, optional if 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 the rest staff want to, you know, open their homes up and share it. it it's a wonderful platform to allow that sort of connection. Yeah, oh, that's great. I think any opportunity that allows you to meet and interact with locals in Africa is so brilliant. And I would leap at any opportunity like this. So I really recommend that. If you don't fancy going to someone's home, there's also another awesome restaurant that I'd heard of that we chatted about offering traditional food. I mean, for a, for a um, culinary experience uh i would i don't know if because it was fairly new and then closed for a short while uh when covid hit but dusty road township experience um the most beautiful restaurant that it's it's upcycling in the most stunning way you could imagine and again it's you'll go there and it's traditional ingredients with somewhat of a modern twist and as immersive and enlightening and educational as it is about sitting down and having a meal. Dusty Road, um, it's just on the outskirts of the Tinichimba Township. Very cool. Love it. Some great tips there. Now, I feel we had to bring this up because just before COVID in early 2019, we experienced a very low water year. Um, the Okavango Delta was its lowest level in decades. Uh, the Chobe River dropped, the Zambezi was was really low. And as a result, the Vic Falls was experiencing one of its driest years in decades. Before you knew it, there were news reports popping up all around the world of the Vic Falls running dry. People were canceling their trips, um, postponing them for another time, not coming. What really surprises me now is if you still Google it, um, one of the things that pops up is a line from one of the BBC articles saying, and I quote, when the falls dried up. If you read the full article, there is a bit more perspective, but it's really concerns me that the legacy of this kind of PR is stuck around. So I just want to talk to Jess a little bit about that and get her take on it. It was hugely, hugely disappointing. And in all honesty, it, it was just a case of irresponsible journalism and alarmist reporting because the Victoria Falls has never dried up. It is a natural fluctuation in the river levels that we see every single year, had seen every single year, and will continue to. In October, when it's the low water season, there is a section of the Victoria Falls. It's called Horseshoe Falls. It's 400 metres long, and that does show more rock face. But there's a one in 1.7 kilometers of this waterfall. And somehow everybody was taken, these reporters were all interviewed in front of this 400 
but that had that does show rock face every year and will do this year I can guarantee you the falls is not drying up that means the Zambezi's dried up I, I mean there's no ways I'm not disputing climate change at all it is a huge issue but this was a natural fluctuation that happens every year 2019 was actually the highest the river level had been since 2010 it was the highest the river had been since 2010 and we we chart all of this I mean every year um, graphs from the Zambezi River Authority are we look at those and evaluate how the water levels are rising and dipping because it informs when rafting closes or devil's pool and 400 meters of that waterfall and you have to walk past a lot of main falls to reach that section so i don't know why no one posed for a quick sound bite where the thundering waterfall was behind them but no we beeline for horseshoe falls the reality is that when the falls are low between around october and december every year it's actually a very impressive time to photograph the falls because uh, there's a little bit less mist than usual the photographic opportunities are are amazing you can really get water without it being overpowered by these clouds of mist so i actually think it's one of the nicest times to visit victoria falls and the game viewing is always great then because yeah dry season always always good for for game well there is just so much that we didn't cover to be honest um this is a place you could spend a week and not even scratch the surface and don't forget to dig out those other episodes I spoke about at the beginning of the podcast, um, where you can learn about the Zambezi whitewater rafting with Skinner. And yeah, tons of other things that we didn't speak much about the flight of the angels, the helicopter flips, and you can also microlight on the Zambian side, uh, seeing the falls, especially when it's the high volume season from the air is there are game drives that you can do in the Zambezi National Park. Fantastic game viewing to be had there. Day trips to Hwangi. It's a real hub uh, of a region. And it's such a pleasure chatting to Jess. Her energy and passion um, for the place is just phenomenal. I um, really appreciate it. And we wrapped it up and I just asked her what else she thought of and anything else to add, really. Decide what you want from the town, show up, and it will deliver. Yeah, definitely. I can vouch for that. Been many times, and you guys have got a great thing going on there. And nothing is ever too hard for you guys. You always make a plan. Always make a plan with Zimbabwean. <laughs> okay, well, that's awesome. Jess, thanks a lot. Eh? Thanks for your time. Go and have dinner. Um, go and chill out, have a gin. You deserve it. <laughs> and some chips and peanuts. That's exactly, yeah. Have some salt and vinegar and salted peanuts. Great. Well, thank you so much. All right. Nice chatting. Have a good night. Nice chatting. Bye for Bye. now. Yep. Well, there you have it. And like I said, we so much we didn't chat about. And certainly we didn't really touch on accommodation at all. And probably worth doing a whole nother episode on that. But being such an iconic destination, really, there is every kind of type of accommodation you could want under the sun from a good fun backpackers to a high-end five-star lodge and everyone knows the Vic Falls Hotel it's the famous sort of colonial setting right near the Vic Falls uh, if I'm not staying there I certainly enjoy having a, a cup of tea there or and reading the paper and being all civilized. Uh, Wild Horizons have got two lovely lodges I've been to, Old Drift Lodge on the Zambezi and 
the lovely elephant camp which is set up on a lovely piece of land overlooking the spray Batonka guest house another place we've stayed at lovely really little charming bed and breakfasts and there are so many lovely quaint owner-run guest houses that are well worth considering in in the towns themselves if you're not in the town itself it tends to be a bit more quieter and tranquil and you can go in and visit the falls but then again those who stay in the falls you know will enjoy that atmosphere of the sound of the thundering falls um, throughout the day and night so it's wonderful we've also stayed at some lovely little guest houses yeah there's so much and um, if you want any tips and ideas of where to stay you know feel free to get in touch and it really sums up this series and i hope you've really enjoyed venturing through vic falls as much as we did yeah jules uh, has been working on curating our next series which is actually going to tie into this last episodes that we've had and we've had quite a lot of uh, messages and some people have got in touch with us on linkedin uh, people asking us questions particularly questions about some of the episodes we've had so we're going to open it up for you to ask us some questions any questions you like about the episodes that you've listened to and we will dig into it we will use a dig into our resources of our knowledge and our contacts and try and provide the answers for you and uh, we'll definitely give you a mention as well so uh, those of you who've got any questions please drop us a mail uh, you can do that on hello at inspiringafricantravel.com or you can reach out to us on facebook instagram linkedin and yeah we even put the odd tweet out there as well so feel free to get in touch and we'll be posting on the socials just to prompt you along and thanks for joining us on this journey and we will catch you on the other side Take it easy, guys. Bye-bye.